0: Mr. Scott Page, welcome to the Career Musician Podcast. It's an honor, dude. I'm a career musician. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's like the perfect fit, right?
1: <laughs> I know that game. I've I've been in that job. I know how that job works. So yeah, yeah. It's
0: like,
1: it's like the perfect show,
0: man. And uh, thank you. And that's what we want to talk about, man. Because my whole reason for doing this is okay. teaching other musicians how the hell to make a living because this is a crazy ass business. This is a crazy time,
1: but I wanna tell you, I think it's the greatest time in history for the independent artist. This is the time where they can actually really make money. This is finally, we have a way to do that like we've never had before. And it's proving out to be the greatest thing that's ever happened for artists. And that's around the NFT space. I'm so glad you're starting with
0: that because, yes, please, go ahead.
1: Yeah, what I try to explain to artists is we finally now have a system that allows us to get paid and control basically our careers. NFTs are the most powerful tool set I've seen in a long time. And I'm watching artists, not only there's music guys, there's art guys and stuff. We just did a drop the other day, not myself, but Gabe Weiss, who's an artist, did a 5,000 piece drop the other day, even down in a bear market that we're in right now and sold 5,000 out in five minutes, generated a million plus dollars. These are the times where... Artists need to start getting educated, start to really understand the power of what an NFT is. Most of them don't understand yet. It's a brand new area, but it is the biggest thing that I've seen in my career to come along. And once you grasp the concept of what an NFT truly is, then you start to realize, holy cow, this is what I've been looking for all my life. Because it's yeah. it's all about building It's about building a community and you don't have to have a massive amount of this. Actually, NFTs, I don't know if you've heard the phrase a thousand true fans. I think people have heard that was coined by Kevin Kelly quite a few years ago from Wired Magazine. And uh, just so people understand, a true fan is somebody who'll spend $100 a year on you. If I have 1,000 fans, it'll spend $100 as my first $100,000 in revenue, which is uh, for, you know, what I call, let's say, the middle class music working musicians. That's starting to become a business right why even take that further because in the nft space i can say it's almost it's like the first hundred fans right because it's a different model these are it's a super fan network we're moving everything is moving into what i'll call hives my motto is if you want to survive you got to build a hive that's the new game and it's not about how many people you have it's about the quality of the people and the most rabid fans and so the superfan network is really where the money is at. We now have access to data, which we never had before. And we know that the data tells us that roughly 60% of all your revenue will come from one to 2% of your audience. So if you have 100,000 fans, let's say on Twitter or something, it's really 1,000, maybe 2,000 of those entire group of people are the only ones that really are gonna matter. That's where the money's gonna come from. That's right. So once you start to understand that NFTs are ultimate what I'll call fan engagement, fan loyalty program that ever came along. What's great about NFTs is you can build business models on top of them. You can take your NFT, and this is the first time you can really empower your audience to build on top of your stuff and still remain royalties so for folks that are out there to understand let me just give a little primer on nfts real quick so people understand what they are and what we're doing here so an nft is called is stands for non-fungible token it's based on the blockchain so it has to do with cryptocurrency currency in the crypto market a fungible token is something like bitcoin or ethereum or a dollar bill and so something that's fungible is it's exactly the same it's exchangeable so in other words if i gave you a dollar bill and i had a dollar bill, and we swap the dollar bills. I walk away, it's a dollar bill. I'm still, it's exactly the same, no change. A non-fungible token is it's unique. So the idea of taking the blockchain, putting a pointer and connecting it to an object, whether it's digital, allows that object to be unique. So now I can create a digital asset that you could have one of, and you have the original one and nobody else in the world has it, which allows you to start now creating value on
0: Hold on. Okay. That was the best breakdown I ever heard of what an NFT is. Thank you. And because that was the question I was going to ask you for a musician, you know how when you're a young musician, especially, all you want to do is play. I just want to play, man. I just want to play. I want to play. And then even as you go through, I just want to play. I don't care about all this business shit. I just want to play. People need to understand this, the magnitude of what you're talking about and that was the perfect breakdown of what a non-fungible token is thank you very much now yes please elaborate on how musicians of our of our elk can use this to their advantage
1: first off The most important thing any artist can do right now is dive into this. You got to put 30 to 40 hours of time. You got, you you don't, you can, it's all there online for you. YouTube and Google is your best friend. You can get educated all day long. One of the, let me just give a little thing. There's a couple sites, a couple people that I think that are important to track in this space for artists. One is whiteboard crypto. The important part for artists to understand is you've got to learn about cryptocurrency too so this isn't just about the non-fungible token because it is tied to the crypto market that's how you get paid it's whether you're paid in ethereum or Bitcoin or Solano or polygon because there's a lot of different chains that this stuff can be on and there's pros and cons to all of them and it all depends on what you're dropping so the most important thing is to get educated so I tell everybody if you're serious first of all I tell every artist is this a business or is this a hobby Woo. let's start there right because it. it's business If it's a business, we then need to think of the fans are not fans anymore, they're customers. Because businesses make money hobbies are fun and I have nothing wrong with a hobby. Hey man, if you want to go cut records and make albums and do all that stuff and it's fun and you don't care about the money, hallelujah, man, I love music. Let's go. But if this is about being a business and you want to make a career of this and you want to actually set yourself up, you have to make dollars. And it's such a hard thing for artists to see because they always feel like I'm selling out if I'm trying to take money from my fans and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And that's, that's the wrong mindset. I mean, artists need to think more like an entrepreneur these days, right? It's not a this isn't about, you have to have a business sense. Because I talk to all these musicians, dude, I don't want to do that stuff. I just want to smoke fatties and write songs all day. That's what I do. And I said, that's fine. But that's the hits business. You're going to try to go after hits. That's painful because we know, number one, you can't sell music anymore. There's no place to sell music. Where are you going to sell music? Yeah. Streaming business is the worst business in the world. What is it? Four to $5,000 for a million streams. Okay, that sounds sound so crazy. But then you go look on Spotify, and only 3% or 4% of the entire Spotify catalog has hit a million streams. So there's only a small portion of the people making all the money. The playlists are all owned by the labels and everything. It's all pale. It's the same old thing. NFTs have come along and said, hey, I don't need you anymore. I don't need a label. I don't need anybody there. We have a total direct-to-consumer business. It's you and the fan direct. And the money goes wallet to wallet and it all happens at one beautiful time. And it's incredible what it allows to do. It also allows you to create projects that you can pre-fund with NFTs before you even do the project so you can fund your business. And one of the famous examples that I'll put out there was the... uh, Melia Kunis and Ashton Kucher, which was a big one, right? Now these aren't the smallest, but, and I'll tell you some small ones, like why it's important, but what they did is they basically said, Hey, we're going to launch this thing called stoner cats. We were, they put out, they sold NFTs and a whole thing to that, to where you could be part of the club. You're going to be, they sold like the drawings and the drafts before they made it. So they sold the NFTs, raised the funds, and then went and made the, the video, made the actual show. Now, why that's important is it's all about the idea the story if i have a great idea and a great story then i can enlist other people and say here's how you're going to get paid when we drop the tokens you're going to get five percent of the proceeds you're going to get ten percent you're going to get three percent and that gets built in to the smart contract which is what's on the blockchain because an nft is really at the heart is a smart contract so if anybody tells you oh nfts are going to go away and they think it's this ape this JPEG Ape, and it's worth a million dollars, which they can't grasp why that would be worth a million dollars. And I'll explain why that is in a second. But it's we have to go beyond the Ape. There's other things that you can do. So question is, people ask me, what about board Apes? Why is it so special? What makes it worth so much? Now, remember, board Apes came out just like about two years ago. It's already a $3 billion business. It has a $3 billion market cap. 3 billion, think about that. How many companies in two years go from zero to 3 billion? There's gotta be a reason. So here's the deal. Think of Bored Apes is like a distributed brand. In other words, it's decentralized in the sense that they made 10,000 of these apes. Everyone is unique. They've spawned mutants, they've spawned all these other things, but those 10,000 apes, if you own one of those, it's the rights, roles and permissions that are baked into the NFT that makes it so powerful. So in other words, imagine if it was Nike and they did swooshes, right? And they did 10,000 different swooshes, a red one, a blue one, a green one, one with stars, one with stripes, and they just created. Every one is unique, right? And it's an NFT. If you buy that NFT, you get the rights to go build your own tennis shoe line. You get to go build your own shows. You could build it. I don't have it in front of me, but there's a list of businesses that have launched on top of the apes. So there's guys doing, there's, I know four guys that have signed a deal. They're doing a television show with their apes. There's clothing lines, there's coffee lines, there's new waters coming out. So people are building businesses on that brand and all of the people lift. So it's, you've got 10,000 people that own that brand. And then as people do things, it rises the cost and it sends it up. Now. One of the other great things to think about NFTs to understand when you sell an NFT, there is a secondary market. So if think about it for musicians when I used to sell a record the secondary market was me to go to the the used record store and I might get a buck for it or something like that. I can take my record in and that was my secondary market to sell the thing I bought. In this thing I buy that NFT if there's enough story and enough value and utility around that NFT it can go up in price. So an example a friend of mine bought he bought he was late and he bought the Gary V token for his thing and everything, whatever it is. And he said he paid six grand for it. He bought that thing. In two weeks, he sold it for 60 grand because it created scarcity. You got certain activities that you could go to the thing. And so there's a market another example is that you can build royalties into these nfts and you never have to handle it anymore because the blockchain takes the third party out you don't have to have anybody do that it will handle all the transactions so if i build let's say i write a song with you and four of us write the song together and we go at the session 25 25 25 25 you put it in the contract you put it in there and from that point on every time that song sells you look in your wallet, you get 25%.
0: That's huge. You're saying so, so many great things. I, sorry if I interrupt. Some pearls of wisdom that I just want to levitate on. Sure. So what you just said is huge. It removes the need for a publishing copyright administrator. And you, Once you and your, and your homies are creating this art, you do the digital contract. That's it. It's done in perpetuity that money is always gonna go to your wallet.
1: At the minute it sells, everybody gets paid at the same time. Huge. Check it out. So I've been working on projects where somebody will come up, Hey, I got this cool project, I don't have any money, but I'll give you 10% of the token, let's go. And I go, that's a killer thing. So we all work, the team works like crazy to do the drop. Boom, the day it comes out, we sell, I look in my wallet the next morning and I'm paid. And then it goes on the secondary market and every day I keep going in and I go, holy crap, there's money going to my wallet.
0: Okay, so hold on. So hold on. So the drop now is just the one-time thing. It's the first time you release it. After that initial drop, everything is is considered secondary market. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, because you dropped it. It's into the public market, and then those people have it. So as artists, and let me explain how important this is. I went to an NFT. I always tell this story because I think it's very powerful. Uh, I went to an NFT uh, meetup, which I suggest everybody, wherever you are, start looking for meetups in your community and start meeting up because it's all about collaborating and people to help you into the space. If you're an artist, start going there, talking to the artist. Can I mash music with art and create new experiences and learn from these people because everybody wants to collaborate and looking for cool ideas. Yeah. So I go to this meetup and there's this girl. She's 19 years old. She stands up. She says, I'm a photographer. I'm learning. I'm getting up to speed. I want to do photography all the time. That's all I want to do is shoot pictures and learn and make stuff. She says, so I got into NFTs. She says nine months ago. And she says, now I pay all my bills off my NFTs. I built my community. So every time I do my drops, I've got all my fan people, they buy my drops and I'm generating my income off of my NFTs. But here's what I thought was just crazy. She said, I carved a little piece off of the contract for my community center. And she said, oh, I was so happy because they actually got two and a half ETH. And two and a half ether is what it is. And the two and a half ETH at that time was worth $10,000. So not only does she pay all of her bills, she actually contributed her $10,000 to her community center. Unknown artist nobody knows who she is she built her little hive of community around her thing she collab communicates with them tells them what's going on gives them deals dues drops and this little group of people fund her basically and cover her entire existence so this is what i call the people's movement this is fundamentally freedom like we've never seen it anymore this is freedom for the people at the highest level Hmm. because it gets us off an old system that is so painful and where everybody's got their hands in it. The artist has been getting killed forever. And I go back, this blows my mind. I was playing club almost 40 years ago right. and I would go to the club and I'd make 50 to hundred bucks a night playing my gig. And I would play five, six nights a week. And I could, if I did six nights a week, I was living off that money, but my house payment was 235 bucks. And if I was making 11, 1200 bucks a month, I was like, you were fine. Now you've got to make that a day. Yeah. So the inflation is just taking it out. Right. So there. And now, if you look at it, I go play a club, I get 150 to 100 bucks. It hasn't changed. The only thing that changes, I have to bring the audience. Oh, I have to bring the audience. If I don't bring the audience, I don't get paid. So it's pay to play. It's horrible. Un- but unfathomable. Yeah. Finally, though, yeah. we are taking back yeah. the power nfts give us the power and control and the secondary market and it gives it's the most creative space because i can build into my nft not only when i'm going to create this but i'm going to give it to you the people that buy it and i want you to create on top of it go make stuff i'm going to take 10 percent. you take 90 percent, but you're going to build on it. so now here's an example a guy came out he did a drop he said, I'm going to sell as many of these. It was a, uh, an animated JPEG thing of uh, Kobe Bryant shooting a ball. A little simple, boom, doing this thing. It was that nice piece of art. said, I'm going to put it out. I'm going to sell as many of them as I can sell in seven minutes at $1,000 a piece. He sold 4,000 of them in seven minutes and he made about, that's 400 grand, right? So he made $400,000. now. He had it, so the secondary market, it hit the secondary market, and some of those actually individual assets traded up to $118,000 on the secondary market. Every time it traded up, he got 10% of whatever the trade was. Two weeks later, he had $3.5 million in his pocket. So if you think of NFTs, it's the new form of source publishing and derivative works. Everything should be NFT. When you get it, you should just NFT it, put it on the blockchain. It secures what it is, puts it in the ledger. You're the owner, puts all the rights, roles, permissions in that piece of asset and then you license your work from that point on.
0: Okay. If you're listening to this, you should if you're driving, you should stop, pull over. <laughs> if you're running, you should stop. Like whatever you do because this is huge. Our mission here, Scott, is to empower musicians with strategies for a sustainable career. Okay. And that's precisely what this new technology is allowing us to do. Oh yeah. So, so it's absolutely incredible. Wow. I have a handful of questions, but well, I really love where you're going. All right, let me
1: throw this one more thing in. So here's the deal. I'm gonna give you the formula. This is what I'm gonna do. Everybody out there, here's the formula. It's the kick ass and business formula. And it's a thing I call space. I teach this, I taught it out at USC, and now I've adapted it. I'm going to Dubai to to deal a whole speech on this. It's called Story, Plan, Army, Conversion, Execution. That's the formula. And I'll go over it real quick, and it gets much deeper, but here's the premise of the thing. Story, NFTs and everything about the story is the most important part. That's what people are buying. It's not the thing. You're buying the story and the utility and everything that's around the NFT. On top of that, the story is I ask art, what's your story? And they go, oh, I'm from Cincinnati and I play guitar and I grew up. And I said, nobody cares about that story. That's right. That's fine. A nice secondary story, but nobody really cares about that. Nobody's going to really do it. I say, what problem are you solving and what do you stand for? That. what problem. so, So the key is to understand that you've got to bring value, right? So the story, and why that's also important is once you get that story really clear, like what value, because remember, what you stand for is more important than what you sell. Say that again. What you stand for, what you stand for is more important than what you sell. Because in order to create a commercial movement, which is what you're doing, trying to get a movement to commercial money and everything, you have to create a rally cry. You gotta get people behind it. They gotta have something that they believe in and they're like excited about. So that's why the story is so important. The second part of why the story is so important is once I know my story, and what problem I'm solving, and that might be, hey, I'm a musician, but I just think plastics is a real problem. I'm gonna, I'm working on a thing to help the community build ways to redo, What I mean, whatever it is, hey, I'm in the '57 Chevys, and I'm restoring '57 Chevys, and we're trying to save. I don't care. There's communities around all types of things that you can do. And whatever that is, but that means it's a ra- you want to create that rally cry of what you're doing, put it around. So having something of value. Now, once you get that story written upright and everything, the key there is you get the words, the phrases, and the keywords, the phrases, and the words that you can hand to a growth hacker and say, go find me that audience that cares about this. See, what artists do is they just throw stuff on their social media and think, oh, this is where it's gonna go down. No, man. remember those algorithms are fighting you like crazy. You have to pay to play in order to get, even reach your audience. Think about it, Facebook, all those guys, they made you bring everybody on. And then they said, oh, sorry, if you wanna see the, if you wanna reach those people, you gotta write a check, a scam ever. We just built their platform. They own all the data. They have access to all the people, everything. That's why, everybody should be thinking about how do I move all those people off of my social media, my super fans over into my own network that I own the data,
0: my own ecosystem. Yes, Yes. My own
1: domain, my own ecosystem. You want to move people in the NFT space over to discord channels. You want to, the whole idea is to get that audience and be on your, on your side. You have control because I've seen my friend, he built this massive thing and Facebook cut him out and he lost everything, right? Years of building millions plus people freaking follow all this shit and he lost it all. And that's, that's what can happen because you don't own any of the data there. So it's all about moving people off. Those. So you use social media as a hub to get people in your thing. Now, remember it doesn't take that many, that girl that has her business she's making, this is off, not even a hundred people. This is just a small group of people. So even the thousand true fans, I go down to a different model. I say, go small. Let's get the first hundred people, build a repeatable model, and then scale from there. It's all about a different model.
0: I've always said that's one of the keys to our success as a musician, that repeat business. You want a small little community who likes what you do, who loves your sound, your unique sonic identity, and they keep hiring you. Yes, they keep
1: hiring you. And at the same time, if they become your super fans, they're the perfect guys to buy your NFT. Because what they're doing, especially if you're an artist and you're up and coming, dude, if I bought an NFT and I spent a hundred bucks and you become you too, (laughs) my NFT is now worth thousands of dollars. So I just, because remember, I got a valuable asset now. That's different, a verifiable asset. It may be the same song that you go listen to on Spotify, but I own all the specialty things around that song but it matters what, what it means. So the Kings of Leon did their drop. They had their new album came out, this is a couple, couple of years now they did their drop, it was 20 they did 20,000 NFTs and the drop had like seats to their shows and passes and, and this different things, special art piece they went and they sold that whole collection, 20,000, they did 2 million dollars in the matter of I think it was 12 minutes or whatever, selling it but now those people own it and they still release the Songs into the regular place. You could still Spotify, all that. But these ones are specialty and they have superpowers. And now those things start trading on the secondary market because somebody wants to have that access. That's right. right? The access control that's built into it. it gives me a different experience and relationship. Because remember, NFTs at the heart of it is an experience. It's the greatest fan engagement loyalty tool the world has ever known from my point of view. And it gets managed by a robot network called the blockchain and it does all the transactions and everything for you. And you don't have to do anything and it cuts all those people out. And it's a direct to consumer business strategy. Big time, amazing thing. So that's why I try to explain to artists. So let me go through space. So story is critical because it gives you the words, gives you the things and allows you to go find those people that care. Now the plan. Once you have your story, now I can start putting a plan together. So I teach everybody about lean startup principles. Lean startup is a movement that's used out of Silicon Valley. And lean startup has a, a, mechan, has, a has a tool called the Lean Canvas. And you can go to leancanvas.com and you can get a Lean Canvas. Now, what is a Lean Canvas? It's a one-page business plan. It's an interactive one-page business plan. And when you go to LeanStack, you can sign up for one, and then you can start filling it out. The goal is you fill this out in 20 minutes. That's the first time. And then you iterate and iterate. And what's important about this is it teaches you what you're going to do. It teaches you what you're not going to do. You're not going to spend any time because some of the tenets of Lean is one, test and validate everything. Do not run out of resources. If you have $1,000, you don't go spend that $1,000 till you've tested what you're going to go sell and make sure that somebody cares about it. You got a good market fit. When I hear artists go, oh my God, I'm going to go make an album and stuff. And I'm going, why is it for fun? Why would you do it? You can't sell albums anymore. There's no place. That's a huge undertaking. It's
0: really just for your own artistic fulfillment.
1: If this is a business now, it's like, what do I need to build? And one of the big tenets of the lean startup movement thing is what is the smallest thing I can make and do that's going to give me the biggest thing? that I can execute on. So I'm through the process. I'm trying to find what is the smallest project, the smallest thing I can make. What can I record? What is the story behind that one thing? I test and validate that idea amongst people, friends, there's ways to teach. There's ways you ask questions, right? You want to get away from your friends and family. because that's like not working because they're going to say, oh, that's the greatest thing I ever heard. That's a wonderful idea. No, you need to basically get some real data on it. Once you got something that's resonating, then you put your money in it, then you grow it. Go look up lean startup principles and then go look at the lean canvas and start getting educated on how to use that tool. It's one of my favorite tools on the planet. I use it for everything I do. If it's a project, if it's a company, or if I'm consulting, I make everybody go through a lean canvas because it asks nine questions. And you got to answer those nine questions because if you don't, your chances are you haven't thought this thing. Love so it. that's a really important tool set is to get educated we need to go to school. Yep.
0: By the way, it comes up as leanstack.com lean canvas. Perfect. Yes. So if you just type in leanstack.com, it's there. I'm going to do yeah, it and as it's soon a- as we get off the call, man.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great because it's like an interactive. Box. You can type in the words and then you can change them. You can reorder it. So the whole idea is you're using this as a whittling process to come up with your freaking plan. Love it. Right. This is going to be my plan. I'm going to make five NFTs. The music's going to be 30 second long clips. I'm going to give everybody the rights to those clips to go build on top of those. I'm working with the biggest NFT artists. We've collaborated together. So what is it? Here's my project and here's what it is. So you figure out what that is and then you that's when you start to go, okay. I'm gonna go build that right now. I know what I'm going to go build. I figured out what's there. I know there's a market for what I'm doing, my fan base, I've tested it, validated. Now I'm gonna go.
0: But this leads us to the age-old problem, yeah. visibility. And I'm guessing that's where your army is gonna come in because right. you don't have the connection, you might as well just have your damn music on a hard or your NFT on a hard drive that sits on your shelf or sits on your computer hard drive and is useless.
1: Your army is the influencers that you have around you and your super fans. So I try to tell artists, okay, you go play your club gigs, right? There's a thing called seven levels of conversion. When you get in front of somebody, first there's social media, which is low on the totem pole, and then it goes up and a phone call is your next best level of conversion. Your best level of converting somebody to do something you're asking them to do, buy something or join your list or whatever, is when you have a one on one. When you play a gig, you're in front of everybody. So you're actually one on one. That is the most incredible place to convert people. Get your list together, make sure you're pulling your email thing together, go out and visit the fans. The other thing I try to explain to everybody is who are your super fans? And the guy goes, Oh, God, my, what's his name? He shows up at every one of my gigs. I said, Do you know what he does? Oh, uh, no, I just know he shows up. He's my guy. And I go, did you know he's the world-class web developer? Yeah. (laughs) And this other fan of yours is a monster video editor. And this other guy has a social media presence of whatever. So you want to identify the influencers and the super fans and you want to understand who they are, who they know, what they do. Same with the band. There might be, you're in the band. I'm a five piece band. Do you know what the drummer's father really does? Oh, he's vice president of a freaking bank. Oh, and what do they do? Oh, they do these drives for these charity drives. Maybe we can tie our band into playing a gig with them. We figure out a model of how do we take advantage of what they have, because you never know who's in your sphere. So the army part is really critical to put a list together of what I call there's one, two, and three people like, okay. There's the first level is somebody I can pick up the phone that has influence, and that could be in anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the music business. It could have influence on getting you jobs. It could have influences on, they have corporate events that you might be able, but I don't know what it is, but you put the list together of influences. I take the band. I said, write out everybody that's around you that has influence. Don't do anything yet, because the goal of that is you always have to figure out what you can give them. It's called the with them, what's in it for me? That's what the other person's always thinking in the back of their mind. Sounds great, but what's in it for me? If you're really wanting to go. So as an artist or as an entrepreneur, I'm always like, if I'm going into meeting, I always want to figure out exactly what's valuable to them. That's right. If I want to close this deal, I'm like, here's what's valuable to you. This is why you want to do this because I've thought that through.
0: And what so many people fail to recognize is you have to cultivate relationships. You can't come out of the gate just being like, hey, I have this and I want to do this. Dude, slow down. Let's, you know, let's
1: see. That's why it's important to have your mission and your story and what you're doing because you, last thing you want to do is talk about me. When you're posting, you don't want to post about me, 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 me right? Your whole goal is to post and take care of everybody else and community. Only one post a day should be you. The rest of them should be people that you care about in your community and helping people. Because why? Then when you post, they post you. So this isn't about me. You got to it. So when you have a mission, like I'm out there to solve plastics in my community, or I'm off over there to help my local shelters, or I've got something of value, then I can talk about that. I'm a musician. I'm on a mission to help my community here. We got hit really hard with certain stuff. And so I'm rallying all my musician friends. We're doing some gigs. I went to the club. They're going to give up 10% of what they're doing. We're all doing it. We're all fighting for the same cause, man. Come to our event. Let's go. Now, the important part of that is not to do something just because, oh, I want to do this to generate money. You want to be passionate about it because people will see through the lie. It has to be something you care about, really care about. And what you do, it's way more rewarding too. It's so rewarding. Example, I've worked with a country Western duo that were in their sixties. They played what they called progressive country and not necessarily the The demographic are really the right thing. But they were passionate about it and they loved it and they were pretty good. They weren't, like I would say, over the top. And then I said, Okay, tell me more about what do you do? He says, Oh, on the way, we're in real estate and we have a foundation for helping veterans get into homes. And that's our love. I said, Okay, now we're talking. Now we started to build a whole plan around how can we build stuff to help the community around the veterans and create a win for the veterans. It's part of your thing. You have something to talk about. Now, when you go on and do talk of a podcast or whatever, you're talking about what we're on a mission to have and some. So now we're talking not just about me, but we're talking about other things. So what we ended up doing is we built an entire business. We went and started following the veterans organizations, telling them what they're doing. And now they're all they're doing is they're playing veterans events and they're playing stuff. They built their business around that community. It solved two problems. It's helping their veterans thing at the same time they're getting to play and they're having fun because that's really what it was about they weren't set up to really go into being big country stars but but they wanted to play their music so we identified the audience we identified the value proposition and we built the business around that now they play all these things and the veterans community are so happy because here's a group of people so what happens is all the people around the veterans are like following them taking care of them buying their merch and everything because they're supporting them that's the beauty of the community. The community will support you. You're building community now. Whoever owns the audience wins. And don't forget, man, your cell phone, this dang thing. 24 hour cocktail party on Twitter. I always say it's so powerful. That's right. <laughs> Worldwide broadcast network. Because remember the three main things that happened was bandwidth, storage, and horsepower have all hit the power band. I got a worldwide broadcaster in my hand, real time two way. I can build my own audience. I can take the order. I don't even need it, but I can take the order direct. This is like the whole game. So artists, it's not about just social media. If you wanna learn social media, you gotta learn social media for business. It's a total different thing. And if you go to HubSpot, they have, at HubSpot.com, they have an entire thing. I think it was called the Academy. I think they might've changed it, but you go in there and there's, 200 PDFs on free, how to use Twitter for business, how to create a sticky ad, how to use fa- how to write a, sa- a successful Facebook ad. You need to understand, cause there's all this growth hacking. There's all these understandings of words and terms and the things that you use and the things you say and where you place the buttons on the page. There's a whole mm-hmm. science. We have all the data now that tells us what it is to do what I talked about conversion. So which we were gonna get to later. So the army is critical. Make a list, figure out who's around you. Once you have your plan and then figure out what's in it for them. And then if you need people, because you got to have a team to do this stuff, look at your current people and they will be the ones that will help you get started. I have a friend also who is an artist. She says, I got 125 fans and it pays my entire nut for the year because they buy everything that we do.
0: What I love is this is real tried and true Knowledge and information that you can put to action immediately. Oh yeah! To develop your own sustainability as an independent musician.
1: Yeah. So now I've identified my super fan base, my influencers around me, and I've built a plan. I've got a, I've got a. This can go. I'm, I've got my plan. I know what my drop's going to be. I know the unique story proposition. I know what value proposition I'm going. And now it goes down to the C conversion. How do I convert? Because if you're not converting nothing happens if they're not buying what you're selling or getting involved. So I teach people around conversion funnels and you can type into Google, what's a conversion funnel? How does it work? Basically a conversion funnel is, Hey, I'm at the club. I meet you for the first time. I say, Hey man, join my list. I get your email. Then what you build a drip system. So that people know you start creating value because you're using that to start to build trust. Mm-hmm. You want to trust, you're giving people stuff and everything. And then they finally, say, Hey, I like these guys. I like what they're doing. I'm going to sign up and I'm going to get involved. So learning how funnels work and conversion works is really important. It's all stuff you can learn. And then the last one is really, it, originally it was education because that's the piece. Well, everything I talked about, you can't do unless you get educated. And so the education piece means that you have to go to school and it's a good 30, 40 hours of getting in. And that means you're going to YouTubes, you're Googling, you're heading, you go on Twitter and like you're typing Twitter, you type hashtag NFT and you start following all the people in NFT. You start looking for the Twitter spaces around NFT. You're walking around the house. You're washing the dishes. You're watering the yard. You're focused. You're listening to podcasts. You're listening to people talk.
0: That's That's all I do. That's 24 seven. That's what I do, man. I'm learning and multitasking because that's how you can still get your stuff done and and, and still be learning and getting it going. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's it.
1: it, You got to get educated. So the Yeah, so the E is education. I usually give in this sense, but it's also execution. So the execution is so critical to the process. That's the space formula. Now, the thing in NFTs, you tell what the NFT is going to be. You create a whitelist or a waitlist, and then you get people to sign up to want to buy it. You build the story, you build the story. And once you're going to have it sold, that's when you do the drop. So it's a different model. So you have to think different. So the whole goal is you got to keep building audience and you're building audience around the idea, around the story. And those happen usually on Twitter and on on Discord. That's the NFT world, right? So anyway, that's the little plan there that gets you going.
0: Okay, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here typing I already have three pages so I love this listen whoever's listening again I keep saying that you're going to want to get out your pen and pad and write down all these notes and do everything put into action everything Scott Page is telling you and why does Scott's ethos mean so much I'll tell you why because the man has done so much in the music space he has sheer tenacity just look at Scott's Wikipedia I do want to bring this up you're talking about QD7 Tune land seventh level not to mention direct to care you're talking about health management and new media broadcasting come on dude not to mention super tramp toto pink floyd and the list just keeps going so here's what i want to ask you around all of the scott page macrocosm of all the accomplishments all the accolades all of the journeys you've gone on how did you organize all of these things? into an achievable, realistic life model. What was your story of evolution? And I understand your origins. Lawrence Welk, come on, my grandmother, my mother, (laughs) your father, Bill Page, with Lawrence Welk and uh, the Johnny Carson tonight. So I get all the lineage, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I don't want to waste time here because people can look it up. But how do you take all that stuff and jump from lily pad to lily pad because you've been uh, moving up
1: it's being curious and again i go back to my father we he was a serial entrepreneur we had boat businesses candy businesses lighting business my dad was one of the inventors with brad plunkett of the wawa pedal for the music guys out there so i uh, yeah i we he started that my dad started amplified instruments i grew up at sound city because that was my dad's studio originally which was the vox sound lab where he developed all the amplified instruments And for anybody who wants to know something funny my my dad did not only develop the wawa pedal with brad the, the first record he did the very first recording with the Wawa and it's called the Wawa doozy and it's on a bassoon so the wawa Pedal's first recording was the bassoon using the Wawa pedal, not a guitar <laughs> That's funny, and it's funny i just bought i found two cases of those records the other day in storage <coughs> so yeah, for me, it's just i've been around i love entrepreneur, I'm very curious and I just love to learn. It's funny when I was out with Pink Floyd and stuff, I said, Hey, we got this tour. We're out for two years right now. What am I going to do? I've said, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to use it to st- shoot documentary and f- photos. It's my hobby and stuff. And I'm going to read business books and I'm going to learn business. So it's funny, Dave Gilmore he used to come up to me. And say, what are you doing? And I said, dude, I'm going to have me a business after this tour. I'm going to, I'm going to go do it. Cause I'm reading, what do you read? I'm reading search of excellent Tom Peters and you know, business books, how businesses work and everything, just educating myself. Cause there's so much, time on the road and hanging out what am Why i gonna also- do so i figured i'm gonna educate myself the whole time you
0: have to yes so
1: he kind of laughed you go oh, oh yeah okay scott you're gonna have to go do your business we know musicians a lot of them they don't have the business ends then basically 18 months almost to the 18 to 20 months afterwards i started a company with bob ezrin who was the producer of pink floyd Mm-hmm. Produced all the records, the wall, all of that stuff, been great. Bob, we and Min went off. I got him excited about CD ROM world because I was hanging out in the cyberpunk scene with all the CD ROM guys. I saw that like crazy hanging out with Timothy Leary and all these cyberpunks writing codes in the garages and then going to the digital beans and all this crazy stuff. Digital beans became Burning Man. All that same group went on and started Burning Man. So it was the early days. And just got so excited about all this stuff. So I went through that period of time and that got me into being a tech guy. And then 18 months, we took seventh level public and seventh level was a, it was a CD-ROM educational and game company. And I very, my favorite thing that I actually was part of and did was I co-directed and produced a, a a interactive title which was the first interactive cartoon called Toonland, land that starred howie mandel and we actually sold 11 million units of that that was incredible right that uh-huh. was like an amazing time at that time and uh, so anyway that's where i got my thing and that had a, a part of a public company and then i went off and launched a new media broadcasting company and a variety of other things through the years and so i got to ride the cd-rom wave then i went and started new media broadcasting during the interactive spaces the uh, the uh, ec the um, sorry, the internet boom. And now this one is the one I'm really excited because I have think, exp and think nft which is my company around this space and we're doing all these irl events and by the way if anybody's in los angeles this friday we got a massive three-day nft la takeover that think is we're doing long we just launched our syndicate token which is part of being in the syndicate so we're inviting all the entertainment industry along with all the nft guys we're gonna have 10 12 of the top nft artists painting real time monster band playing with all the great players and we're launching the rogue bunnies drop which is all the the ex-playmates they got their thing and so it's gonna be a crazy weekend a Friday Saturday and Sunday thing so if you're in LA I don't know when this comes out but it probably won't be out by the time this is happening because that's the 23rd of September so don't want you to miss that if you're there but um yeah, so I'm doing that. We got a whole bunch of IRL events that we're doing. I've done a half a dozen of them so far this year. South by Southwest, the Mammoth Film Festival. We did it up at, we did it at FTLA. We just finished Future Shape 360 in Denver. And I'm like I said, I'm getting ready to go to Dubai to talk there. We have some more conferences and we're going to, we're rocking. This space is on fire. And I want to invite every musician, man, hit me up. It's IAM Scott Page. That's my moniker across everything. If you find me, hit me up, text me, get involved, go do whiteboard crypto, start learning about crypto, what is staking, how do I make an NFT, start just typing that into Google. One other person I would suggest going to is Crypto Casey. And Crypto Casey is this girl who is probably the best I've ever seen in just communicating and educating. And that's really just about everything crypto. Right. So this isn't necessarily just about NFTs and I always follow Gary V too, because Gary Vaynerchuk is the man. He's a, love him, man. Uh, find up meetups in your area. Look for local NFT meetups. Go up, show up, start talking to people. And I'm going to tell you the most important thing is this is all everything is about the ride for me. Mm-hmm. Because I try to explain and I always explain this on every broadcast, everything I do, I always say this. The only thing that's real is you and me talking right now. That's right. Everything else is an illusion. Five minutes ago. an illusion two minutes from now is an illusion so this is the only thing that matters that's it that's the only thing that's real it's the only thing i can affect i can only pick this thing up right now that's it can't pick it up five minutes ago and so once you start to grasp that the only thing that matters is what you're doing right now and if you maintain a high level of excitement and around people surrounding yourself you won the lottery because that's what it's all about. And people need to understand that there's only one moment in your life. It's always the same moment. It never changes. It's, I can't walk away from my moment. It's the same moment. So all I'm telling you is it's about the ride and the NFT community is the most exciting community. I feel 30 years younger because I've got so many people that are so passionate about this space. It is the most fun. Everybody wants to help everybody and everybody wants to collaborate. So all I can tell you is come join us. Let's go, let's build, and this is
0: The Career Musician. We're back. I will see you Friday night at the Syndicate. I'm gonna be there. I love your, your energy and your knowledge and wisdom and you pass it down. We have to teach others around us how to do this and I have to give you an applause man you have achieved so much as we say in the music biz you're a monster musician bro so the (laughs) fact is that and you said it most musicians just they focus on just being such a good musician then when they get the gig they're like oh I've arrived and they just hang out and and have fun all the time and I love that I love a good whiskey and I love hanging out and having fun but I always always make sure I manage my time correctly. And you said it, when you're on the road or even when you're in the studio, there's tons of downtime. You better self-educate in that downtime because nobody's gonna do it for you. And you know what I realized, Scott? I just turned 50 back in June. Oh, so now you're talking, remember time is
1: an illusion. So yeah, it's very important to get educated. And here's another part is you're in a growth market that's very small right now. Right now, you know, all the people that are coming in are cleaning up because they're the early adopters in a space. Yeah. And the more knowledge you're going to have, and there's going to be opportunities for artists to work with brands on NFTs. This yeah. is the heyday. This is the moment. Yep. This is the people's movement. It's us taking back the power. So all I can suggest is that we want everybody to join, and I think everybody should start taking the time. Just start diving in. Go down the rabbit hole. It's really important. Yep. That's it, my brother.
0: And you answered every single question I was going to ask you without me even having to ask you. So, (laughs) everybody, you heard it for yourself right here on The Career Musician, Mr. Scott Page. He's an icon in the music industry, but he's also an icon in business strategy in general. And one hell of a nice guy. I'm
1: honored to be here. I love to educate, and I'm thankful to be here, really. Dude, I really am thankful for being part of this today. And ditto. Hey, all you music folks out there. This is the greatest time in history for the independent artist. And right here on the career musician, this is where you learn to take the power back that we've been missing for so many years. Get involved, get educated. The career musician, check them out. I'm a career musician.